1942, 29-year-old Clifford Hartland had been fighting in World War II as part of Britain's Royal Artillery when his regiment surrendered to Japanese Axis troops. He had presumably been killed. The military sent a sterile letter to his wife, 25-year-old Marjorie. It contained her widow's pension and informed her that her husband was dead. Marjorie felt the wind sucked out of her lungs. But as she struggled to process the shocking news, she became filled with incredulity. Cliff wasn't dead. He couldn't be. Marjorie wasn't sure why, but she just knew he was still out there, alive. In the end, she was right. In 1945, Clifford came home. He had endured three years of torture at the hands of his captors and was sentenced to brutal labor on the Burma Railway. Out of the 700 men in his battalion, he was one of only four to survive. The rest of his and Marjorie's life together was something of an everyday fairy tale. They were head over heels in love with each other, and their marriage lasted for many happy decades. Finally, on July 29, 2014, Clifford died at the age of 101. It was the same day as his and Marjorie's 76th wedding anniversary. 97-year-old Marjorie was heartbroken. She confided in her daughter that she couldn't live without Cliff. And as always, she was right. At 1 a.m. the following morning, hours after Clifford's death, Marjorie passed away. She had died of a heart attack brought on by a broken heart. Welcome to The Dark Side Of, a ParCast original, a show where we will delve into the seedy underbelly of pop culture icons and historical events. We aim to expose the ugly truth behind cultural moments and public figures we hold most dear, proving that there is always something more to the story than meets the eye. I'm your host, Richard. And I'm Kate. This is our final episode on the dark side of dating. The quest for love may seem like a celebratory, beautiful thing, but its romanticized image conceals all kinds of unpleasant truths. At ParCast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. You can find all episodes of The Dark Side Of and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. To stream The Dark Side Of for free on Spotify, just open the app, tap Browse, and type The Dark Side Of in the search bar. Today, we'll delve into the twisted repercussions of a broken heart. No matter how wonderful love may be, its demise is inevitable. Death, divorce, or a nasty breakup comes to us all, leaving people wondering the same thing. How will I ever survive? Before we dive in, just a heads up. This episode features discussion of suicide that some people may find sensitive or triggering. We advise caution for any listeners who struggle with depression. Losing in love can be crushing. If you've ever been through a painful breakup, you know it's true. 
melancholy playlists, calls to your mother, and indiscreet social media posts are just a few hallmarks of these trying times. Yet amidst all this anguish, few people stop to consider that their emotional suffering may be manifesting on a physical level. And it could be dangerous. Studies show that the same network in your brain that causes you to register negative feelings toward physical pain, such as stubbing your toe, also registers our adverse feeling toward social rejection, especially a breakup. In one study, participants held an increasingly hot stimulus against their skin until they couldn't handle it any longer. Next, they were shown a picture of their ex. In both the physical and emotional tests, the exact same region of the participants' brains lit up, showing identical signals of disapproval. And this isn't the only part of your cranium to go haywire. The stress of a breakup sets off a number of unpleasant reactions in both your brain and your body. In a previous episode, we discussed how falling in love triggers the reward center of the brain, causing it to release dopamine, an addictive chemical that gives rise to warm, cuddly feelings. When your partner leaves you, this faucet is suddenly turned off. But your dependency lingers. Some people turn to another addictive substance like alcohol to numb their pain. Others seek out their favorite flavor of ice cream or chocolate to fill their insatiable cravings. These sugary foods trigger your reward center, the same region where your ex used to pull all kinds of dopamine-inducing strings. But these quick fixes are paltry stand-ins for the person you used to cuddle up to at night. Without your human security blanket, stress sets in. As your brain processes a rush of negative emotions, it releases stress hormones like cortisol and norepinephrine. At best, these can get you through a tense situation by helping you focus on the smartest method of survival. They ensure that you dodge an oncoming car or battle your way through a tough exam. But in a breakup, these fight-or-flight chemicals are sometimes known as heartbreak adrenaline and they can lead to quintessential scenes like keying your lover's car, throwing your boyfriend's junk out the window, or driving 12 hours straight to cry on your parents' couch. For the most part, however, these hormones are superfluous. Without a proper use, cortisol builds up in the brain, causing stress headaches. Meanwhile, the brain dutifully directs blood to your heart and muscles in case you need to run from whatever danger is causing you so much angst. As a result, you may experience unpleasant chest pains and muscle cramps. Your brain is also telling your digestive system to send its blood over to your muscles, which can leave this region feeling ill. Abdominal reactions like cramps, diarrhea, and even puking are not uncommon. For many, these stress hormones are just another torment to endure during a breakup. But for others, they can be lethal. Broken heart syndrome is the common name for the toll that emotional stress can take on your physical heart. Known medically as Takotsubo cardiomyopathy, the condition was first recognized in Japan in 1990. And it is marked by the heart organ weakening and bulging until it resembles a jar-shaped Takotsubo, or Japanese octopus trap. Just like an octopus can only swim further into the jar, but not backwards, 
Broken heart syndrome can be brought on by an acutely stressful event, like a breakup or the death of a loved one. The symptoms typically resemble that of a heart attack, including shortness of breath and chest pain. And while many victims gradually return to normal, roughly 1 in 10 patients experience cardiogenic shock. In these scenarios, you experience more stress than you can physically cope with, and your heart is unable to pump enough blood to meet your body's needs. For those with frail constitutions or pre-existing heart conditions, this can be lethal. And it's not uncommon for an elderly widow or widower to die within weeks, days, or even hours of their deceased partner due to broken heart syndrome. This hazard is sometimes compounded by a lack of willpower, which can exhibit itself externally as self-neglect and internally as a total loss of interest in life itself. Elderly or not, many people can relate to the grief-induced haze following the loss of a loved one. Without the one person who brought you so much joy and security, life can be lackluster at best and insufferable at worst. And if this sounds like depression, that's because it is. Depression after a partner's death or breakup is often classified as situational depression. Medically, it's known as adjustment disorder with a depressed mood. Until you adapt to life without your beloved, you may suffer from so-called healthy or normal symptoms, including anger, sadness, crying, fear, sleep loss, and a lack of interest in your usual activities. In other words, you are indeed a real human who experiences excruciating breakups just like the rest of us. And yet, everyone experiences their own unique mixture of symptoms, and to a varying degree. Meaning that nobody will ever relate to your exact experience. How's that for added loneliness? But perhaps worst of all is the not knowing whether you will recover from this state. Because situational depression needs time to wear off. And because it displays many of the same symptoms as good old-fashioned clinical depression, you can only hope that it will go away. Only time will tell. And if you have recently been broken up with, you may be susceptible to a particularly low blow. In one study, researchers at Virginia Commonwealth University observed thousands of male and female twins with ages ranging from 20 to 60. They were looking for levels of depression with attention to traumatic life experiences and the survey had surprising results. Professor of psychiatry Kenneth S. Kendler reported that the most toxic combination was loss and humiliation that in some way directly devalued the individual. In fact, those who had suffered from a traumatic loss involving humiliation, such as a breakup, were twice as likely to experience depression as those who had experienced a traumatic loss without humiliation. It's much harder to bounce back from grief when it has been tinged with embarrassment or shame. And nothing delivers this double-fisted blow quite like a breakup. Up next, a heartbroken lover takes matters into his own hands. Now back to the story. Love makes fools of us all. 
and nothing exacerbates this sorry fact like the loss of a relationship. Even your body goes crazy trying to help you cope with what it perceives to be a potentially life-threatening menace. For some, this pans out into a struggle with depression that can stretch on for months, even years. Others simply give up. To them, life without their beloved has no purpose. They refuse to believe that happiness can ever be possible again, or at least they have no interest in finding out. On December 12, 2016, 20-year-old Kieran Lister had recently been broken up with by his girlfriend, Beth Delaney. Even though she had been gentle about the split, Kieran was crushed. That evening, he posted a farewell message on Facebook. In it, he conveyed that he had lost all interest in living. He said, I don't feel like I can cope without her full love any longer. I don't want to wait till I get over the situation because she's the only one that's ever made me truly happy. Kieran's message apologized for being, quote, so selfish, and it contained a final list of requests regarding his dog, his possessions, and the song he wanted played at his funeral. Several hours later, his body was found. Kieran is far from alone in his decision. According to a 2018 report from the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, suicide rates have risen nearly 30% since 1999. And another CDC report reveals a shocking piece of the puzzle. Over half of the people who committed suicide did not have any known mental health condition. The reasons for these unprecedented suicides varied. Many victims succumbed due to problems like physical health, substance abuse, or financial stress. But the overwhelming majority, 42%, had committed suicide as the result of a relationship problem. If this is true, the rise in suicide may be linked to our evolving dating culture. A recent survey by Superdrug found that, male or female, the average number of sexual partners per individual in the United States is 7.2. While this number may be a bit skewed, based on people's tendencies to fib about their number of partners, the fact still remains. The average American is involved in more intimate relationships over their lifetime than ever before. Gone are the days when a young woman had her pick between the town's two eligible bachelors, and the stigmas surrounding celibacy and marriage are on their way out too. Now virtually anyone can find a relationship, whether it's for one night or a lifetime. With so many options at our fingertips, it's no wonder we have become more and more picky about who and what we're looking for, and vice versa. You may be completely content with your partner, only for them to dismiss you for someone better suited to their own ideals. For many, this is the most personal form of rejection they will ever experience. Often the very person who knows you best is the same one leaving you high and dry, which gives an added sting to the painful situation. Using their intimate knowledge of you, they've tallied up their losses and gains, and ultimately decided that they're better off without you. It's no wonder that a breakup can trigger low self-esteem, 
And it's not just being spurned by your longtime lover that counts. Even the most shallow relationships can result in you feeling less than. In a previous episode, we discussed ghosting, a particularly brazen form of breakups popularized by dating apps. The person you thought you had a great time with last night could suddenly refuse to talk to you, leaving you with no information as to what went wrong. Often, you both remain on the platform, which adds another layer of awkwardness. Or they may even block you, which can be even more insulting. With so many ways to be spurned, most people can't decide which is worse, knowing why you were rejected or not knowing at all. And even if your lover gives you an explanation, it's hard to resist the masochistic exercise of filling in the blanks. They lost interest in you. You weren't good enough for them. They don't love you anymore. The reasons go on and on. Even if it's not explicitly stated, and even if you disagree, the message remains. You weren't worth it. For many people, this simple rationale spells the end to all their hopes and dreams. In 2019, 25-year-old Emily Henthorne had a plan. She wanted the good things in life, a career, a house, a family, and she wanted them all by age 25. Time was clearly running out, but Emily wasn't worried. She had already managed to land a steady job as a wedding coordinator, and her dreams of having a home and husband seemed to be close at hand. She was currently having an affair with a married man, Andrew Hardman. They had met just months before in October of 2018, and Emily was already head over heels in love. Andrew was older than her and more stable in his career, exactly the sort of person Emily could build her dream life with. And Andrew seemed equally game. Before long, the pair was house hunting together in preparation for Andrew to leave his wife. But when the time came, Andrew couldn't do it. On April 27, 2019, he confessed the affair to his wife, who agreed to stay with him and work on the relationship. Next, Andrew broke the news to Emily. She was overcome with grief and denial. Her dreams of having everything she wanted by age 25 were going up in smoke. She told Andrew that she couldn't live without him, even asking him if she could share him with his wife. But Andrew declined. Emily only had one thing to say. Without you, my life is not worth living. Andrew called a mental health provider who in turn contacted Emily. But Emily seemed fine and said everything's okay. On May 7th, Emily was found dead in her home. She had used gas to asphyxiate herself. While suicide threats are often empty, there's always the chance that, like Emily, your rejected lover might follow through on their word. Leaving you to sort out the blame. In 2019, one woman, Mariana Manson, wrote about her experience for the UK website Grazia. She recounted the day in 2013 when she learned that her ex-boyfriend had committed suicide. His death had closely followed the dissolution of their relationship, and his family made it clear to Manson that she was unwelcome at the funeral. They held her at fault for his death, a rationale that even Manson herself 
began to believe. She recalled, At first, I took some comfort in his family's blame and in blaming myself. In the absence of answers and closure, I wore my grief like a badge of honor and told myself this great lofty tale of Shakespearean proportions where tragedy was the only outcome. For a while, Manson even distanced herself from several mutual friends, expecting their loyalties to be torn. But in the end, she resolved that her ex-boyfriend's death was not her fault. He had made the choice, not her. All in all, men, like Manson's ex-boyfriend, are more likely than women to commit suicide. In fact, single men account for 62% of all male suicides, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. This includes single men who have previously been in relationships, and research shows that men who are currently separated or divorced are 2.4 times more likely to kill themselves than men who are married. The statistics become even greater when you compare this to their female counterparts. For every divorced woman who commits suicide, an estimated nine male divorcees do the same. That's a lot of deeply unhappy bachelors. And according to men's psychologist Dr. Will Courtenay, the biggest psychological impact for divorced men is the loss of contact with their kids as well as their former partner. He says, in the absolute worst-case scenario, this leads to severe depression and suicide. Sociologists at the University of Southern California have concurred, speculating that it comes down to the importance placed on the mother-child connection. In most societies, this bond is regarded as preeminent, while the relationship between a father and his child receives far less weight. You can witness this in custody battles where courts are often eager to give a mother more time with her children. Fathers, on the other hand, are often left with odd nights and weekends. Which brings up another problem, what to do with all this free time. Many husbands rely on their wives to plan and aid their own social life. And in losing this partnership, they can quickly slip into isolation. For the first time in years, they are all alone and social integration can be a struggle that they hardly bother to attempt. This loneliness can create a ripple effect into other areas of life, including a decreased performance at work and the abandonment of proper self-care. Divorced men have been shown to drink and smoke more often, eat fewer fruits and vegetables, and engage in riskier sex. They are less cautious drivers, forgo prescribed medicine, and are less likely to visit the doctor which explains why they are also more likely to die of preventable and treatable diseases. Maybe this is why there is a social attitude of pity towards single dads. Everyone subconsciously knows that they have it rough, even if it's of their own doing. But divorced dads aren't the only ones reeling from a recent split. There's a whole other demographic being adversely affected by heartbreak. Teens. And some simply aren't prepared for their first experience with heartbreak. Coming up, a jilted teenager makes an irreversible choice. Now back to the story. Whether by breakup, divorce, or death, 
The loss of a loved one is undoubtedly one of the most traumatizing times in someone's life. For many, it sends them into a spiral of sadness, depression, and even suicide. But broken relationships aren't simply a hazard of adulthood. For many, this vicious experience begins in high school. The teenage years are hard enough to navigate with the pressures of self-discovery, education, and social norms. Yet despite these hurdles, many teens choose to embark on their first relationships. Tao Ha, a developmental psychologist, has conducted research on teenage relationships and breakups. She reports that many teenage splits are motivated by universal themes such as differences in taste, jealousy, loss of respect, or decreased feelings of love. But there may be other factors at work, and Ha suspects that the viability of teenage relationships may have a lot to do with one's peer influence. She describes this saying, all of a sudden your best friend is deciding that your boyfriend sucks. That might actually be more predictive of a breakup than how happy you are. Another factor could be the looming threat of graduation. According to one survey, 60% of high school students plan to break up with their current boyfriends or girlfriends when they leave for college. For one high school graduate, this decision ultimately backfired in the worst possible way. In June of 2016, 18-year-old Ashley Doolittle was a rodeo star in Boulder County, Colorado, and had just graduated high school. The future seemed especially bright, but one person was holding her back, her 18-year-old boyfriend, Tanner Flores. Ashley and Tanner's relationship had begun over a year earlier on Valentine's Day 2015. And as Ashley looked forward to attending Colorado State University in the fall, Tanner was planning on staying behind to work as a mechanic in Larimer County, Colorado. To Ashley, a split was inevitable. In the days following her high school graduation, Ashley showed signs that she was ready to leave the relationship. She would ignore Tanner or ask him to give her space. Tanner felt spurned, and what's more, he was suspicious. Snooping in Ashley's phone, he confirmed that she was carrying on a couple of flirtations. When Ashley learned the cat was out of the bag, she promptly called Tanner and broke up with him. Tanner was furious. Immediately after hanging up, he sent Ashley a string of texts accusing her of cheating on him. Ashley denied this vehemently, but Tanner was unconvinced. One of his texts said, You are nothing near loyal. I'm going to do something stupid now. Tanner's friends would later say that they had never seen him so depressed in the hours following the breakup. But he wasn't about to let Ashley go that easy. Early in their relationship, Ashley and Tanner made a pact that if they ever broke up, they would meet the next day to talk things through. Tanner was quick to remind Ashley of this promise, and Ashley reluctantly agreed. On June 9th, the pair met up at a local reservoir to talk things through. Then they took Tanner's truck to a nearby lake to continue their discussion. The whole while, Tanner pleaded with Ashley to stay with him, but Ashley confirmed that they were through, for now. Over the course of the conversation, 
Ashley eventually admitted that she was interested in potentially getting back together in the future. But for now, she wanted to try dating other guys, a fact that did not sit well with Tanner. When they had finished talking, Tanner gave Ashley a ride back to her car. But she never made it. On the road, Tanner asked Ashley for one last kiss. She gave it to him. Then he reached into the back seat, grabbed his father's gun, and fired two shots at his Ashley, killing her. Tanner's actions, though extreme, speak to a larger misconception that can be born from breakups. Some people believe that their ex-partner essentially belongs to them and shouldn't be allowed to experience life beyond their relationship. If they can't have you, no one will. This unreasonable sense of entitlement may, in part, stem from another heartbreak phenomenon, commonly known as the loss of self. In these situations, one or both ex-partners feel they have lost an essential part of their identity as a result of the breakup. And research indicates that this feeling of loss may be completely unfounded. Psychologist Dr. Arthur Aaron and his colleagues conducted a case study in which they asked participants to think of themselves and their partner as two separate circles. Then they asked the subjects to indicate how much they perceived these two circles to overlap, like a Venn diagram. Unsurprisingly, the results showed a large overlap as partners consider themselves to be largely intertwined. But they also indicated that some people had begun to think of their lovers as essentially a piece of themselves, meaning they confused some of the other person's individual traits and memories as being their own. This type of thinking can play a positive role in a relationship, helping two people to create a harmonious life together. And it can be personally advantageous, allowing each individual to broaden their sense of self. But in a separation, this ceases to be an asset. Without the other person there to essentially play the part of you that is actually them, it can feel like a chunk of who you are has been ripped away. And in one study from Northwestern University, people who had recently experienced a breakup used words of uncertainty to describe themselves, indicating that they were a bit unsure of their post-relationship identity. If you've ever separated from someone you used to hold near and dear, you've probably experienced this phenomenon. It explains why some relationships can be so hard to let go of, even after the breakup process has started. Breakup sex, phone calls, and lingering visits to pick up your stuff can be confusing to navigate. While you might not want the person back, you still want that part of yourself. But it's impossible. And while you may simply be trying your best to extricate yourself from this tangle, there are other important realities to bear in mind. World-renowned psychologist Dr. Daniel Kahneman has spent his life researching human judgment, and he has found that our memories of a certain experience are often disproportionately shaped by how that experience ended. You may leave a fun party on a bad note and forever remember the night as a disaster. Similarly, how you end a relationship will determine the way you feel about it later on. 
Even if a relationship was largely positive, a bad ending can become fixed in your mind like an absolute synopsis, a black stain on your love life. And while this is often overdramatized, some endings are indeed worse than others. In January of 2018, Travis Cook finalized his divorce from 32-year-old high school teacher Chelsea Cook. He was ready to start a new chapter, and by May, he had started dating 26-year-old Lisa Williams, a bank teller. But Chelsea was less eager to move on. She missed Travis, and she was furious that she had been so quickly replaced. Within a month, she began harassing Lisa, hoping to intimidate her out of Travis's life. Chelsea would stalk Lisa on Instagram, leaving bullying comments and messages. She used the high school's phone line to place antagonizing calls, and on several occasions, she accosted Lisa at the bank where she worked. But while Chelsea was brazen, Travis's girlfriend Lisa was demure. She didn't want to report Chelsea to the police and cause more of an upset, especially for the sake of Travis's and Chelsea's three-year-old twins. Lisa hoped the situation would eventually blow over and that Chelsea would move on with her life. But months passed and Chelsea's invasive behavior continued. Then, on November 25, 2018, she texted Travis that she would be dropping off medicine for their twins. Travis agreed, and when Chelsea messaged her arrival, he went outside to meet her. Meanwhile, Chelsea slipped inside Travis's apartment. Their three-year-old twins were in the living room, decorating a Christmas tree with Lisa. It didn't take Travis long to realize that Chelsea wasn't outside, and he re-entered the apartment ready to confront his ex-wife. But Chelsea had locked herself in the bathroom. Travis began calling 911, but it was too late. Chelsea opened the bathroom door and pulled a gun out of her coat pocket. She fired it at Lisa, fatally wounding her before Travis could intervene. In many ways, Chelsea's behavior is irrational. Killing your ex-husband's new girlfriend is not the way to win him back. But jealousy and revenge share a thin line. And in Chelsea's case, she would have done anything to see Travis as single and as miserable as herself. And while most of us will not be going after our ex's new lover with a pickaxe, many people can relate to the bitter feelings that arise when your former partner finds love again before you do. It's a reality that can fill you with a range of emotions, from severe pain to mild curiosity. One study reports that 88% of 18 to 35-year-olds have stalked their ex's social media profiles, while 80% of this same demographic have also stalked the profiles of their ex's new partner. And while the idea of snooping on your ex-lover may not seem shocking, you were in love once, after all, it still speaks to some unwillingness on your part to completely move on. And this mindset large or small, can ultimately taint your future happiness. For many people, the trauma suffered in a breakup, separation, or divorce gradually subsides into a quiet fear that hinders them from putting their whole hearts into a new relationship. You may put up walls, afraid to share who you truly are, and thus never allowing another person to truly know you. 
or you may hold future partners to a specific standard that you were used to in a previous relationship. This explains why some people have such a hard time finding love again, especially if they weren't the ones to initiate the breakup. They just want what they had before. However, each person is unique. And what's more, each of us becomes more and more set in our ways as we grow older. With each and every breakup, we become more specific about what we want and more determined to find the one person who won't annoy, hurt, or abandon us. It's an impossible order, as exemplified by today's current marriage crisis. Over 67% of second marriages end in divorce, and the divorce rate of third and fourth marriages is even higher. Clinical psychologist Dr. Wendy Walsh explains, Divorce doesn't help us choose a better partner or be a better mate in our next relationship. Divorce teaches us how to divorce. Perhaps the same is true in breakups. Instead of making us truly believe that the so-called one is still out there, they chip away at the fairy tale. They make us more cynical, and ultimately, they spoil our chances at love. That just might be the biggest heartbreaker of all. Thanks for listening to The Dark Side Of. Next week, we'll be back with a brand new season on The Dark Side of Space, where we'll investigate the twisted motivations and suspicious history surrounding mankind's greatest feat. You can find all episodes of The Dark Side Of and all other ParCast Originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast Originals for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream The Dark Side Of on Spotify, just open the app, tap Browse, and type The Dark Side Of in the search bar. We'll see you next time. The Dark Side Of was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler, sound design by Juan Borda, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, Travis Clark, and Paul Mahler. This episode of The Dark Side Of was written by Ali Wicker, with writing assistance by Kate Gallagher, and stars Kate Leonard and Richard Rosner.